This episode is brought to you by my free guide all about how to launch a membership business. So whether you want to add more recurring revenue to your current business or launch a brand new venture that turns what you know, do, and love into a thriving membership, I want you to head to the show notes right now and download my absolutely free membership guide. Inside, you'll find tips on how to get started. You'll find the different types of membership businesses out there. And I'm even going to pull back the curtain a little bit and share what I do to grow my membership business. Head to the show notes right now and download my free membership business guide. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. Happy Friday, Playmakers. So keeping with tradition, this Friday episode is going to be short and sweet, and I hope it leaves you feeling just really inspired and energized heading into the weekend. It's only natural when you operate a business that takes a lot of your time and your mental and physical energy that you kind of hit a creativity wall once in a while. I certainly experienced this, and I remember back when I was operating my indoor playground, I remember every couple months I would find myself just kind of going through the motions and not really feeling inspired or like I needed to create anything new. And if I felt like I wanted to create a new offering or revenue stream, I just didn't even know where to look or where to turn. I was just drawing a blank every single time I sat down to really think about my business. And if you're feeling the same way right now, I'm here to tell you that it is okay and it is so common among the play-based business owners that I work with. So If you have been kind of listening to this episode, going through the motions, doing the plays of the day, but you feel like you're missing something or you feel like there's opportunities for your business that you're just not tapping into, this is the episode for you. So what I want you to do either today or this weekend or over the next couple weeks even is to look at your reviews. So yes, I want you to look at your positive reviews and all the positive glowing feedback that you've gotten from customers. Maybe you started compiling it using the play of the day back in episode five when I talked about the love note strategy. But I also want you to look at the negative feedback that you've gotten. And I want you to start here. Now, I know I said that I would leave you feeling inspired after this episode. So please just hang in there with me to the end. I promise we will get there. But I want you to find opportunities in the negativity. So for example, if you're kind of combing through your negative reviews and Back when you first opened, you got a lot of negative reviews about one specific thing. So like, for example, when we first opened, we got a couple negative reviews that our parties were a little bit chaotic and unorganized and unstructured, and it left parents feeling a little flustered. I think they even used the word flustered in the review. So I made sure to look at that as an opportunity to say, hey, we've come so far and we've grown so much in how we operate parties that this review isn't really relevant anymore. So I knew that people were going to be reading that review when they were looking to book their party. So I made sure to put some language on the party page that said, hey, you know, our new and improved party structure is just 
really going to make the entire day a breeze. And you will not believe how stress-free your party can be when you book at our facility. So I'm kind of tackling that issue head-on, not necessarily by responding to that view, the review directly, but instead by putting it into our copy on the booking page so that people can kind of mentally say, oh, you know what, that review was from a couple months ago or it was from a year ago. You know, it seems like they've really improved, so I'm just going to completely disregard it. It's a little bit of a less confrontational way to, again, comment directly on the review, and it can lead to much better results. And I also want you to do this with the positive reviews that you have. So if people are constantly using words like effortless or spotless or ease, things like that, you want to make sure that you're using those copy words. And actually, I mean, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it anyways because I can't think of a alternative right now. But I want you to take these words, these keywords that are really jumping at you from the review, ones that you would highlight and put in bold if you were wanting somebody to read it, and make sure that you sprinkle those in your copy on your landing page and your emails and things like that as well. Because again, Our customers share a lot more commonalities than we think. And if our past clients are using these words, I guarantee you that is exactly what prospective customers are actively scanning for when they're reading your booking page, right? If somebody's biggest takeaway from their party is that it was stress-free and effortless and that your facility was spotless and full of engaging activities, I want you to use those exact words in your copy, again, on your booking page, in your emails, on your social media, all of that good stuff. So I want you to go through your positive reviews, highlight, again, let's pretend that you were sitting with a customer and you were watching them read your reviews. Which lines, which words, which phrases would you be really pointing their attention to? I want you to take those words and phrases and see how you can, again, sprinkle them along your booking page and all of your other places where you have copy, like social media. Next, this is kind of like a part two of the episode, is I also want you to look at your competitors. Now, this can be a little bit mentally draining, especially if you know you already struggle with competition and if you have a negative relationship with your competitors, which I know a lot of us have because of you know whatever reason. But if you don't have the mental bandwidth to do it, outsource it to a team member during their downtime. Say, hey, you know what? Can you scan our competitive review our competitors' reviews and Look for opportunities for our business. So for example, if people are reviewing your competitors negatively and they're saying things like, you know what, the place was too crowded, it was messy, there wasn't enough for my infant to do, find those same phrases that we were kind of going through and highlighting in our own reviews and do the same thing for your competitors. But again, make sure you put your you know opportunity goggles on and you don't just want to like pat yourself on the back and say oh you know no one ever called my place messy before right use that as an opportunity use that as a way to not you know be negative in your copy you never want to say like oh we're much cleaner than the place down the road or you know the cleanest place base in town you know you don't necessarily have to come at it from that angle but you can say things like hey we take cleanliness very seriously here's a little bit more information about our cleaning procedures to again take that opportunity that you see in the negative reviews of your competitors and use it as an opportunity if that's something that is really your strong suit and again if people are commenting on let's say the local science museum page and saying you know what there's really nothing for the under 2 crowd You can use that as kind of motivation to really highlight how many activities, how many play structures, how many classes, how many 
you know, um, birthday party options that you have for that age group. So this is what I want you to do today. Again, I want you to go through your positive and negative reviews, look for opportunities, and then go through your competitors. And if you don't have any local competitors, go the next town over or even in another state, because I guarantee you there is so much gold inside of Google reviews for indoor play spaces. I remember before I was getting ready to open, it actually helped me sleep better at night reading like negative reviews of indoor play spaces. And I really don't mean to sound this as like nasty or obsessive because that's not how I mean it. But I would read these reviews and I would say, you know what? I can combat this. If all of, you know, if I'm constantly reading that people are caring about how much the place is sanitized or how messy it is or how they really want to see more focused, fine motor play or something like that. I would kind of almost make a spreadsheet of all of this feedback and say, you know what, I'm going to make the following choices based on all of the feedback I see from parents, not just in my area, but of parents kind of all over the country, honestly. And obviously, you're not going to be able to please everyone. That is not the point of this episode. But it's going to help you really pick your lane and pick the niche that you really want to serve. So again, take all of the feedback that you can kind of compile, do a little bit of competitive analysis. So say, okay, you know, half of these people are really wanting a big indoor play space for older kids. Half these people are, you know, looking for a space for infants. Like what does my area need and what are some big pain points that I can address with my space as I'm planning it or as I'm optimizing it as a current owner? So just to give you a quick example, if your competitor is a very large indoor play space, it's like 20,000 square feet, it has like an arcade and lots of electronics and it's loud and has flashing lights and things like that. And if that's something that people, you know, complain about a lot, if your space is different and is more imaginative, maybe it has a Montessori-based approach or something like that, use this as an opportunity. In your copy, in all of your marketing materials, use words like, Cozy, intimate, boutique, calm, imaginative, quaint, baby-focused, or anything like that to, again, really put the size of your space in a positive spin because a lot of people get a little bit insecure about the size of their space, especially if they're under like 3,000 square feet, and they feel like they're not going to have as much to offer a family as a larger play space would. But using keywords like this can really help, again, put that positive spin on it because that's exactly what some people are looking for. Not everybody wants to chase multiple toddlers around a 20,000 square foot facility. Trust me. So again, make sure that you put a positive spin on it in your marketing materials and never go the negative route, okay? We always want to take the high road here on the Profitable Play Podcast. Now, if you're the opposite, and let's say you're opening a larger play space and all of the offerings in your area are a little bit smaller and don't have enough offerings for older children, you can use words like expansive play area, dynamic activities, exciting, spacious, engaging, things like that, right? You really want to make sure that you're using, and again, I took all of these words from reviews of real indoor playgrounds. So see what people are saying. Try to use those same keywords because if they're floating around in the people who visited heads, then I promise you they're also going to be recognizable to people who are reading those reviews and trying to decide whether or not they should become a customer of yours. And just before I end, one other phrase that I love for those smaller indoor play spaces is also sensory friendly because as you guys know, 
my son has autism and while though he is although he is a sensory seeking child i know that a lot of his peers are the opposite and they really need that quiet calmer less crowded much smaller more structured space so again try to figure out what key phrases people are using and use them whenever you can and use your reviews and your competitors and other play spaces reviews as just a spark of inspiration whenever you need it, whenever you feel like you're hitting that wall. And you can also use all of these topics to create social media content and blogs and really help you kind of get over that hump when you feel like you're burnt out and you just don't know what to talk about. All right, have an amazing weekend, Playmakers. Next week, we are talking all about cafes, why you should have one, tips. I'm going to share a lot of suggestions and real life experiences from Playmaker Society members. So I'm really, really excited. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have an amazing weekend. I'll see you back on Monday with another play of the day.